Radio Edition. I am Vic Batista, along with Web Minister Nathan Jones of Lamb and Light Ministry, and we're transmitting live from the Aventura Hollandale Station. So we ask that you keep us in prayer for today's program. And of course, today we continue talking about Bible prophecy, light in the darkness, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19. And of course, before we continue the second segment of our program, I ask my good friend Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word. And Lord, we just pray that you'll open up your insights and understand who you are. So Lord, we may live better lives for you. Please bless the show, bless all the technical, um, uh, all the technology behind it all, and all those who are listening in. We just praise you, Lord, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nathan Jones. Again, you're tuned in to the Triple Set You Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Thank you, Batista Nathan Jones. Today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura and the Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. You can find more information at CalvaryAventura.com or on Facebook on JN832. And of course, we want to encourage those of you that are tuning in to our program to also keep in prayer our weekly programs here on TWave.tv as well as Tweetcasting.tv. And of course, if we may serve you, you can always get a hold of us at 305 We'd love to be able to be available to serve you. And of course, before we continue the second segment of today's program, I'm going to welcome my special guest, Evangelist Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's great to have you in the second segment of our program. Well, thank you, Pastor Vicky. It's a great blessing to be with you again, and uh, I love being on your show. Thank you for having me on. Uh, it's a pleasure. Thank you, Nathan. And of course, uh, Nathan, we just celebrated this weekend um, Resurrection Day, which we call Easter. Uh, and of course, I asked you in the first segment of our program how you spent it. You told me you had a lot of fun, but did you find anything in the Easter eggs? Did you do the hunt? <laughs> I left it up for my younger son. He's in fifth grade, and he just participates. We got a few hurts and things like that, but my older two have gotten kind of too old for that. And, I'm sure that your teenagers and college students are, aren't still doing these very concepts. You know, Nathan, I asked you that question because I, we actually uh, did it, and uh, yeah, my older said, no, nah, you know what, I'll hide them for the younger ones, but actually my son, who's going to be turning 16 in June, he's all for it, man. He wanted it, so. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to talk my kids out of Easter baskets. I said, aren't you guys not your teenagers a little too old? No, 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 we want the Easter baskets. We want the candy. Uh, I guess they never grow up, huh? They never grow up. It's a reminder for us, Nathan, that you and I should not grow up either. We should always be kids in certain ways, right? <laughs> Walt Disney would agree with you. Well, and that's why we always have a lot of fun in the program. So those people that are watching and listening, that's why we continue to have fun, Nathan and I, because we don't want to get old and boring. We always want to have fun when it comes to the things of the Lord, right, Nathan? Well, that's another reason I like your show, brother. I've been on quite a number of radio shows, great teachers, great preachers, but... Some of them, they turn the Bible kind of stodgy and tiresome, and, and uh, you bring life and pep to it. And I hope people understand that the Bible isn't some dull book of dusty old stories, and it's not a lifeless list of doctrine and laws and do's and don'ts, but there's a lot of life and hope and fellowship in it. And, brother, I, I think that you and Robert Chaplin, I'm sure, really bring that to life. Oh, thank you, Nathan. We try because, you see, when I came to know the Lord, Nathan, uh, it was such a beautiful blessing for me. Growing up in New York and the Bronx and Queens, a lot of dark places, and then not being a Christian, and then finally coming to the light of the Lord and just seeing the beauty and the joy in the Word of God. So I want to spread that to as many people as possible, that joy and that hope, Nathan, that is in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Excellent. Excellent. 
And that's why, Nathan, you and I, in our first segment of the program, we were talking about just, again, this very important subject matter of light in the darkness. And you took us there in um, 2 Peter chapter 1, uh, verses 16 through 18. But maybe someone was not tuned in to, to the first segment of our program. Would you be able to do a quick recap for us, Nathan, there, of verses 16 through 18, maybe reread them? Sure. Start with verse 16 in the New King James. For do not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For we seek from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And we hear this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Excellent. Thank you, Nathan. And of course, we touched on a few points there, uh, verse 16 through 18, and we talked about how Bible prophecy is not, Peter talks about how it wasn't fables. In other words, the resurrection of Jesus Christ and everything that they saw, but this was a real event, right, Nathan? Exactly. The apostles were there. They were first-hand witnesses. They, they touched Jesus. They ate with them. They they slept around him. They followed him as their rabbi. They knew Jesus Christ firsthand. They heard the voice of God the Father at the Transfiguration. Say, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And so they were firsthand witnesses who were willing to die for that testimony. And that's what Peter's saying here. He says, we're not telling you made up stories. This is the real deal, the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it's very important that you, you take it seriously. Mm. And, and that's why I really love this passage, because there's so much, I mean, it's, it's not a long uh, book, uh, Second Peter, but it's packed with powerful uh, uh, truths regarding our relationship with the Lord, who He is, how He walked among us, uh, uh, His life, and here, Peter, of course, and, and I know Peter has a great appreciation, because he was the one that doubted, right, Nathan, and then uh, we noticed what God did in his life. Well, Peter denied uh, Christ three times at his, uh, excuse me, at his trial before his crucifixion. And uh, Peter was always the very most adamant. You know, he's the one who's always taking his foot in his mouth, and right. he was the first <laughs> one to try something. But I would say that of all the apostles, he had the greatest faith, because he was the only one who stepped out of the boat when that storm was going, when Jesus was walking across the water. He had the most faith as much as a man could. And, but once the Holy Spirit took control of Peter's life after Jesus ascended to heaven, then Peter, who was that poor fisherman who's always sticking his foot in his mouth, became one of the most powerful orators. We read about the very day of Pentecost where the apostles got the Holy Spirit that came onto them and they went out preaching in different languages. Right. And how all of a sudden Peter was giving speeches like he'd never given speeches before. It totally transformed who he was. And the people who knew Peter witness the fact that he had changed as well. And when we look at other Christians in our day and age, we can see a tremendous transformation, as we hope we do, from who they are now to who they were before they got saved. Mm. Oh man, excellent point, Nathan, and the way you tie that together. And we also notice that something phenomenal happened on Peter, and that was when the Holy Spirit came upon him. It just transformed him into a different person. And that's why we also encourage uh, individuals, Nathan, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Because we see a transformation when the power of God comes upon a person. I oftentimes say that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a baptism of equipping power that all believers need. Right, Nathan? Exactly. Now, there are times where I'm preaching in the church, and you know you can kind of separate yourself from what you're speaking and kind of listen to yourself. And I sit there saying, wow, this is really good. But this can't be me. I'm not, I'm not this good. It's like the... 
like all of a sudden the Holy Spirit is taking over and you're, you're preaching your heart out and the people are getting excited about the Lord and then the small voice in your head, which is, you know, your subconscious saying, uh, I'm not doing this. You know, you, you can, and those are those moments where, where I really feel close to Jesus because he, I, you know, willingly giving myself over to be an instrument for him to share the gospel. And, and I just, wow, you know, I just get so amazed. And I get a glimpse of what Peter and the other apostles must have felt when the Holy Spirit came upon them and gave them the ability to preach and teach like they've never done before. What a great point you just made. And Nathan, and that power is available. Maybe there's a Christian watching or listening and they're like, well, I could never be like Peter or like Nathan or like Vic. Well, yes, you can, right, Nathan? Because <laughs> that same power is available to everyone. It is. Because once you're saved, then the Holy Spirit comes upon us. So God gives us His Spirit, who He calls the Counselor. And the Counselor comes and guides us in our life. In other words, that we have our own um, conscience, but the Holy Spirit helps us when our conscience says we kind of smother our conscience because we want to do what we want to do. Right. The Holy Spirit makes sure we feel guilty about whatever we're doing wrong. And He also guides us into discernment and making the right choices. And He empowers us when He wants us to, to share Him, share Christ with other people. So it's a real thing. And that's why Christians today are willing to die for their faith because yeah. it's not something they read in a book and said, well, that's a good story. I, I kind of believe in it. They know Jesus firsthand through the Holy Spirit. And I, brother, hope that if the day does come, that I'm willing to die for Christ, mm -hmm. I know 100% that Jesus Christ is the real deal. Wow, that is amazing. And Nathan, and we need that power today more than ever as we do see the day approaching. And you left us there in uh, 2 Peter 1.18, where you said regarding uh, his testimony, and we heard the voice which came from heaven, when we were with him on the mount. And uh, Nathan, I thought that was also awesome because they heard, if this was in fables, this was for real. They heard the very voice of the Father himself. Can you imagine that? The very voice of the creator of the universe. Brother, I am looking so forward to the day when I get to meet God face to face, to see what he looks like, hear what his voice is like. I, I hear it's like the rushing of a thousand uh, Niagara Falls and <laughs> the power of it is so amazing that in our people, earthly bodies, we couldn't stand before him, but in our glorified bodies, we'll actually have the ability to seek God and to hear God and have fellowship with God, just like Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden, where they walked and they talked and they had fellowship with him. God has been working to try to bring mankind back to the Garden of Eden so that we can have that fellowship once more. And brother, that's what I am looking forward to. And I believe soon and very soon, Nathan, we're going to see that happen. So I'm very excited. And of course, Nathan, as we look here at uh, 2 Peter uh, chapter uh, 1, uh, verse 19 and on, can you also read for us those following verses uh, there, Nathan, as we continue to uncover this really wonderful uh, message here of Bible prophecy? Excellent. Well, Peter continuing the thought with verse 19. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Mm, I love that. And Nathan, of course, uh, behind me, I have a picture there that we posted on Facebook uh, light in the darkness, Second Peter 1, 9, and we have an individual there uh, with a torch in a sense, and there's, there's darkness all around them, and those that are watching us via twave.tv 
and uh, we're casting that to you. You can see that as well. But we put that there for a reason, right, Nathan? Because you mentioned there in verse 19 what Bible prophecy is supposed to be like. Exactly. I love that picture that you used. I, I like the bodybuilding picture you used last week pretty well, too. That was awesome. <laughs> this one is true because the God's prophetic word is a light in a dark place. In other words, when you're, you're going down a dark tunnel, you can't see the end of it. And so you have to turn on your headlights in your car or a flashlight or torch, whatever you're using, to kind of see a few more feet down the line. But that's what Bible prophecy is. We go through life and it's like we're traveling down a dark tunnel. We don't know what the future has in store for us, but the Word of God lights our feet. It shows us a, a, ahead of us so that we know that when we get to the end, it's going to be a glorious, bright light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. It's, it's the light of our eternal life with Jesus Christ. Mm, excellent point, Nathan. And Nathan, as I was thinking about light and I was thinking about uh, darkness, a few things came to my mind. Uh, that maybe uh, we can also expound a little bit on it. You know, we, we light, it exposes, it brings clarity, brings truth. And uh, that's why I love this uh, passage that you read there, uh, because that's what, that's what Lamb and Light Ministry has been doing now for, what, 35 years, Nathan? And, and that is also exposing, right, a lot of false teachings from true teachings. Exactly. It's very important that Satan is trying to drown the message of God. He's been trying to do that since the church was first created. Drown the message of the Word of God and so many other messages that people give up trying to find the truth. And here, Peter is saying, we've got the truth. We were there. We saw it firsthand. We're willing to die for it. And 2,000 years later, we're still sharing that truth as the Holy Spirit continues to be passed down as from one believer to the next and the Holy Spirit comes on us and gives us that light in the dark place. Mm, I love that. And, and, and Nathan, that's why also we know light brings clarity. You know, in Matthew chapter 5, we're told that we're the, to be the light of the world and, and, and salt of the earth, right, Nathan? And that means we need to shine the light and we need to be preservative agents. Right. Uh, very frequently throughout the Bible, the world is compared to a dark place, that people live in darkness because of our sins. Mm. And as Christians, we are the light of the world. Now, the world wants to stay in the darkness to hide their sins, so they're trying to blow the light out and snuff it out. Right. But we need to be as light and as bright as possible and chase the darkness away so that people can see the truth. And then we're also salt because salt is a preservative. So let's say, for instance, they have some meat and they salt it. Eventually the meat will, of course, be corrupted and finally decomposed, but salt preserves it longer. And while we're in this fallen world, we preserve the world longer until Jesus Christ finally comes and renews it. And that's what the Christian's purpose is on this earth. Absolutely. Very well put, Nathan. So we notice, again, Peter writes there regarding uh, Bible prophecy, uh, how important it is, how, we, how it's light that shines in the darkness. But, Nathan, we, we talked about this many times. Why, then, are so few pastors uh, uh, shining that light of Bible prophecy? It seems like instead of shining it brighter, the batteries are going out, man. What's going on? Yeah, you know, the, the big push of studying Bible prophecy was definitely in the 70s and 80s and started dying out. I think it's because when Hal Lindsey came out with the late great planet Earth and got everyone really excited about the Lord's return, and we know that, that we are in a season of His return. The signs of the times prove it, that we are in the last days. But people are, are impatient, you know. When we say the soon return of Jesus, they're like, all right, an hour from now, next week. And then the years go by, and they're like, they give up. And then you get people who start compromising the Word of God to cover over the fact Jesus is a back end. 
They come up with all these other theories about Jesus' return, or they give up all together and spiritualize the scriptures. And there's so many mixed messages out there that when pastors and other people get to Bible prophecy, like, I just can't make heads or tails of it. There's just too much confusion about it, and they give up on it. But wow. like you said, and you made such an excellent point there, is that when we give up on Bible prophecy, we're giving up on the light that shines the future for us, that gives us hope, that gives us purpose, that gives us a destination. And I think churches are really suffering today yeah. from that because they're more concerned about daily living and how to fix all the problems in life instead of looking at the big picture, which is Jesus Christ's kingdom coming. Nathan, what a great, uh, I really appreciate what you just said because that's why we want to encourage those of you watching, those of you listening, obviously we thank you for tuning in because there's obviously God is working there and you are interested in eschatology and Bible prophecy, so we thank you for that. But we also want to continue to encourage you. The Lord is coming. His promises are true. So don't get discouraged. Like Nathan said, be encouraged. There are still many that are uh, preaching the good news and will continue to do so uh, to encourage others. But we pray that you will also rise up and be those individuals who study Bible prophecy, but also proclaim it and proclaim it faithfully and powerfully because we do believe the Lord is coming. And, and, and it's true, Nathan, we are living in a day and an age of compromise. Uh, people are impatient. And that's why I'm saddened, Nathan, by these movies that are constantly uh, being portrayed, uh, such as the blood moons and hype. And, and it's just a lot of hype. And then when they don't happen, again, people are like, see, I knew it. Right, Nathan? You know, it's funny, too, because that's what makes the Bible prophecy, uh, students of Bible prophecy look crazy. The world looks out and they say, you know, Bible prophecy is like going to a, and I had a pastor once uh, say this from the pulpit, uh, going to a Bible prophecy conference is like going to a Star Trek convention. In other words, Bible prophecy isn't cool. It's not happening. It's not it. All the weirdos study Bible prophecy. But uh, one of my own good friends who, who likes Bible prophecy said, man, so many of those Bible prophecy people are such weirdos. And they come up with these crazy sensationalist ideas, like you said, like the blood moons and right. the Mayan calendar and Y2K and all this, this stuff. That's, and they set dates, and which are proven again and again not going to happen, and they discredit thoroughly the Word of God. Now, these might be Christians who love the Lord and think they're doing the right thing, but they end up discrediting God's Word and ruining people's faith in God and the Bible, and so then churches won't teach it. They're yes. not going to teach that nerdy, ridiculous, sensationalist stuff, but you got to get rid of all that crazy stuff and just go back to the Bible. The Bible's where it's at. Forget all the sensational nonsense. People are trying to ruin the message of God. Just go back to the Bible. You know, Nate, and this is why as we continue there in the following verses, we come to realize that the problem is that when we start to make things our own interpretation, that's going to discredit the Word of God. But if we stick to what the Bible says, uh, we won't have those issues. Right, Nathan? Exactly. Yeah, let me read verse 20 because it's such an important one. No prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Now this is a twofold message. For one, he's saying that the Bible is the inspired Word of God. In other words, what Peter's writing here isn't just what his own thoughts are on something. The Holy Spirit is guiding him to write this. So in other words, Peter's not the author. God is the author. But then there's the second part, the interpretation of the Bible. And it says there's no prophecy of Scripture that's of any private interpretation. As a matter of fact, when you hear somebody come out and say, well, God told me last week that this verse really means this. 
and he's like the only guy who holds this view. Right. That's the private interpretation. Don't listen to this person. Excellent point, Nathan. And, and Nathan, that should serve as a barometer for people out there uh, listening or watching to our program. When you hear of these events supposedly happening, uh, don't jump on the bandwagon. Look at what the Bible has to say and see which other credible teachers are maybe following along with these views because that's another way, right, Nathan, that we need to um, uh, be sure that things are on the right track. Exactly. It's very important to have discernment in this age. Satan, like I said earlier, is trying to drown the message of God with all these false teachings, bad interpretations, private interpretations, you name it, so that people just give up. And Brother is working. It's working very well. The churches are giving up. Yeah. They're losing their steam about the coming of Jesus Christ. And without that that focus, without knowing what your destination is, you drive all over the place and get lost. And churches are driving all over the place doctrinally getting lost, and their people aren't feeling excited about the Lord's return, so they're slipping into immorality, and they're missing the point. And Peter here is you know, he's begging the people to understand that it's so important you understand that the Bible is the real deal and we really need to understand it. And especially that God's prophetic word has a role in our understanding of who God is. Mm, excellent point. And Nathan, also, Bible prophecy can be understood when we follow the biblical guidelines. So it's also not like God wants us to be in the darkness, right? Like He doesn't want us to understand Revelation, right? <laughs> Exactly. As a matter of fact, a lot of pastors will get up to Revelation and just give up. A lot of people read the Bible, get the Revelation, and they just give up. They don't get in there and do that dirty word called study. Yeah. You have to study. And again, don't follow the private interpretations of a few individuals who come up with these theories about the end times or what this or that means or have all these numerical calculations for all this that's going on in, in Revelation. Just study the word. Use the Bible to explain what the symbology means. And the message of God comes very clear when you read. Let the Holy Spirit do the studying for you. Excellent point. And that's why, Nathan, as you read for us there uh, in those verses, uh, verse 21, for prophecy never came by the will of man, uh, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So I can just imagine these guys were like, uh, what am I, uh, like John, right, in Revelation. We see <laughs> he's right there. He's like, okay, Lord. I'm going to do this. I don't know exactly what this is, right? Oh, it's crazy. A lot of the, especially when you read the minor prophets, they were given messages by God, and you could tell they didn't understand them. Daniel, he asked an angel, he said, in Daniel 9, uh, excuse me, Daniel 2, I'm getting mixed up there, I'm sorry, Daniel 12, that's the correct reference, he asked the angel, he said, hey, I don't understand this, can you explain it to me? And the angel like, oh, oh, Daniel, this isn't for you to know, this is for the future, to seal up these words and, and they'll be understand when they come. And so these, these guys didn't know what they were writing about. They really didn't understand because who would 2,000 years ago or more look at our time period and understand what's going on today? They, they just couldn't. So it wasn't that they came up with it or they couldn't invent it. Some of the things that were told to Daniel, like knowledge would increase in the end times and travel would increase in the end times. And I mean, that was just... How would he know that it's been the same way for hundreds of years? And here, we live in the most knowledgeable time period, the most traveling time period ever. And so these are prophecies these guys didn't understand. So your point is excellent. You know, Nathan, and that's why, can you imagine, of course, if you were living 2,000 years ago, and all of a sudden, uh, the Lord showed you an iPhone or text messaging, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, think about some of the visions these guys had, because they were seeing 
the wars of the end times that involved tanks and planes and helicopters and nuclear weapons and such devastation on the earth that they couldn't dream of. And you know, how in the world did humanity get to that point? They didn't understand it. And again and again, God or Jesus Christ himself or the angels would say, you know, it's not for you to know, you're not going to understand. So yeah, I mean, just say, hey, 10 years ago we would have known what an iPhone was. Uh, exactly. <laughs> but yet in here, the Bible says the Holy Spirit uh, is who teaches us and shows us. And we move forward by faith, trusting and believing that if God wrote it, if he put it in his word, I might not understand it, but I'm going to believe it. Right, Nathan? Exactly. And it's very important to have the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit will nudge the unbeliever who the Bible says are like dead. Right. We are dead people without Jesus Christ's salvation. And as dead people, we can understand the whole that's why you hear atheists say, yeah, I read the Bible, I did not. It, it's all nonsense and all. Because the Holy Spirit wasn't guiding them. If you diligently are looking for God, if you're seeking God, and you read the Bible, the Holy Spirit promises that he will guide you mm -hmm. to the answers. And that answer, I'll give, it, I'll give it away the answer, it's salvation. It's that he takes up Jesus Christ as your Savior. After you are saved, the Holy Spirit will continue to guide you in your understanding of prophecy especially as you studied with others who are well-studied in it already to help you as you learn. Mm, excellent point. And Nathan, you know, you talked about salvation there, and I know we only have about a minute left of the program, and that's what this program's all about. It's not about hype. It's not about to excite people. Bible prophecy, the reason why we share it here, is for salvation because God loves you. God has a plan. He has outlined it in His Word. And that's why we oftentimes want to give those of you that are watching, listen, an opportunity before we close to come to the Lord and to receive that free gift uh, of salvation. And, and Nathan, would you be able to do us again just uh, the honor of being able to share that invitation message for maybe someone who's interested out there who's listening and watching right now? Well, John 3.16, the most famous verse is for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That should be your message you embrace. Know that Jesus loves you so much he's willing to die for your sins accept him in faith, repent of your sins, and he promises to forgive you of those sins, cleanse you, give you a new life and a new hope in him. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Nathan. And if you trust in Christ, let us know. Give us a call, 305-992-9537 or 321 end time. You can post that there in the blog, and we would love to give you more information uh, regarding this decision that you just made. And of course, uh, Nathan, we've come to the end of our second segment of our program, and it goes so wow. fast. Nathan, thank you so much for being part of our program, Light in the Darkness, Bible Prophecy. It's always a pleasure to have you, and I hope you have a wonderful week. You too, brother. Great show. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for being on. Of course, we thank you for tuning in for today's program. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, and we'll be talking about Light in the Darkness here on CWay.tv. God bless you and bless you and keep you all. Thank you for being part of our program, and we'll see you next week, Lord willing. Have a great day.